Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. He went through a company like a lamplighter. See the dull nights, one after another, begin to glow, to shed a beneficent light. It's funny. It's been, what, a matter of days since I've picked up this old recorder. Found it sorting through some old junk, and now, maybe, this jinxed up old thing is sorting through mine. It's a symptom, I realise. This new dependence I've developed. My mother was a fighter, like I am. There's no way we would have ever gotten to New Atlantis if it had been any other way. She was just like me. All action and absolute shite for talking things through. Even worse, at figuring out her feelings. Another trait I'm sure got passed down to me. By the time Nick had rung me up and warned me that I was still in some amount of danger, well, it had already clocked in as too late, didn't it? Maybe I'm blaming myself. Shouldn't I have known that this one was going to come back on me? I mean, I could feel it in my bones. My fucking brain was screaming at me. I shouldn't have let the assassin go. But but I wasn't... I wasn't careful. And I suppose I get to own that now. Drones whirled around the studio. The flash of adaptive camera strobes licking the holographically projected environment as well as the very real flesh of Derby Bell indiscriminately. This dance was a practiced one. In a way, it had been her exit plan, her retirement. Blade for hire to become the face of Neo-Atlantean glamour. The concept served her vanity and was evidenced by the old-fashioned printed posters that adorned so many of the walls in her upscale Attican condominium. She'd relished the pursuit of the perfect image with an almost primal hunger. It's what set her apart, a subject more predator than model in a city bursting with style over substance. She mentally traced over the night before as her body swayed and surged from pose to pose. Her form had been as perfect then as it was now, with the same vicious grace that should have landed her a kill in last night's attack 
she arched her athletic frame to a near-impossible form as she slid down to the floor, holding still and outstretched. As that killing blow might have done, she knew this was the move to end this dance. An execution. It would surely make for a powerful image. The phoenix tattoo on her chest, radiating an iridescent light against her dark skin, as if to threaten to leap from its very canvas, to burn this whole damn city to the ground. As quickly as it had come, the moment was gone. She felt the rush fade as her lips embraced the crooked smile she often wore while her drones retreated to their resting pads. Once the last of them had touched down, the surrounding holoscape flickered out to transform a busy city street back into a stark, empty room. The hunt, as it were, was over, and her benefactors would feast on its spoils. That daring image would no doubt find its way to some advertising campaign or another, before inevitably ending up as one more trophy to adorn her wall, yesterday's perfection. Rising up from the ground she'd knelt upon, a non-verbal command directed the artificial intelligence that managed her home to establish an intracall connection on her behalf. She picked a silken robe of a hook, while the call window projected a few feet away as per her request. Hey, it's evident. Oh, 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 holy shit. Uh, Derby. It's Derby. Ahem, uh, wow, uh, sudden unsolicited nudity much. The conversation hung in the air as a companion to their discomfort. She took a moment to savor it, the tense feeling between them as she slipped the robe over her shoulders. Finally, she turned her eyes to the pair, her ex-lackeys, now all grown up and making their way through the mean streets of Arcadia. Is it a bad time? Shall I call back? Well, to tell you the truth, we were kind of hoping you wouldn't call it all. What Evan means to say is that it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it was us that called you after all, right? And what a shock it was. Imagine my surprise, coming home from a swim to find your message waiting for me. Something about evening up our past debt, wasn't it? A swim? But you don't even like the water. You're right, Evan. I don't. Now, before your smarter half ask any dumb questions, I should tell you that it was involuntary. An involuntary late-night swim brought to me by a fishman and someone, I believe, you might be familiar with. Maybe you were right. It's a bad time. Clearly a really bad time. Yeah, we should probably just hang up and talk later. Uh, Bye. If you touch that end call icon, I'm going to come over there and cut your arms off while Evan watches. Both of you listen to me, and you listen well. I had a job to do. It was simple. After it was complete, I could return to my retirement, and you two backbiters would have likely never heard from me again. But that wasn't to be. Your friend Johnny ruined that for all of us. This is basically going nowhere good. (laughs) That Johnny, though, right? (laughs) She's a real rascal. (laughs) I wish I could do something about her, but she's kind of the boss. So... Do you remember when I was the boss? Do you remember when I picked you two out from the gutter together? Taught you to do better. To be better. 
Now look at you. I'm almost as proud as I am annoyed. But let's not for one minute get it twisted. You still owe me, and I'm here to collect on that debt. Oh, you did so much for us, did you? You tried to turn us into you. Into monsters like you are. Ella, I I think we should probably dial it back a bit. You know, I mean, it sounds like she's had a tough day. So what? What do you want? You're calling us, threatening to cut off our arms one moment, and then talking to us like we're your long-lost kids the next? Well, we're not your fucking kids. Your kid is- Ella, enough! That's enough. Oh, don't you worry. You've got the right of it after all this time. If anything, I'm so very glad we finally have the truth. That we can be real with each other. Straight talk, though? You don't fool me one bit, bolting on that brave face of yours. Because we know that if we don't settle this and come to terms, if you don't give me what I want, then I'll come for you. I'll be a fucking terror, a sweeping fire in the night that'll take you in your nest as you slumber. I'll come for both of you. So, tell it to me then. My little traitors, whisper if you must. Where does your friend Johnny sleep at night? He went through a company, like a knife grinder. See the dull minds scattering sparks of themselves. Becoming razory, becoming useful. The walls twitched with the life of pistons and hydraulic cylinders, whirling gears and pulleys, a host of crude, low-tech mechanical devices that served to automate everything in the home without the cooperation of today's technological marvels. It was a wonder without peer, a spider-like web design to automate every function in the home to its master's will in a chaotic yet stable fashion. If one part or component were to break down, another would be there to fix the damage, to mend the tapestry. It was no small wonder that the heavy door swung open of its own accord to admit a cautious derby bell into the parlor before closing it behind her. With eyes peering over the brim of her half-mask, the assassin slowly freed her blade from its sheath on her back. You will require neither bullet nor blade here. All are welcome within my house. Even you, Derby Bell. I am Revic. The voice filled the hall, ushering her carefully, silent steps onto the mezzanine of a large circular room that dropped into a deeper level. Shelves of old world books towered around her up from the ground below as drones circled this way and that. Nothing ever seemed to stop or stay still other than the object at the center. Strung up by a nest of wires and cables hung the torso of an android, its arms extended to provide more anchor points for its seemingly haphazard suspension. Slowly, its head raised, a single eye left to function in a damaged skull, glowing behind faded optical shielding. You know who I am. Hollow glass screens around the room immediately flashed to life in response to the question each one displaying something different, images of her fashion career, interviews, even confidential footage of the old days. The days before she'd hung up her blade, a time where to see her near Atlantis was to see the Reaper himself. Well, 
I must say, that is a very comprehensive understanding of my portfolio. You should know then that if I get even a hint that this weird ash room or these drones take any action against me, I have a pike with your name all over it. That will not be necessary. I do not possess the capability to harm human life. It is the one protocol I insisted on preserving. That voice. I've heard it before. You're an old first-gen builder bot, aren't you? What I was doesn't define who I am. Just as your past needed to find you. So, the spider has no fangs. In a fluid movement, Derby rolled over the rails of the mezzanine to drop in front of the android. Spinning her blade, she thrust its tip into the cement floor without effort. Revik's gaze tracked her as she stalked him, unfazed by the danger he found himself in. All the wealth. The knowledge I've accumulated during the rise of this city is open to you, except for that which you seek. Oh, is that right? You might have used some of that wealth on a new body. Look at you, falling apart, decaying from the inside out like the rest of Arcadia. Perhaps my hands helped construct the core. These same hands built this district and watched it grow. Like a father, I watched it blossom to age before choosing its own destiny, its metamorphosis, to best serve those who rely upon it. Where one might see a death, another might see a cocoon. Arcadia will become a father itself. Jinxed. That head of yours is all spun up, isn't it? When's the last time you had a calibration? You're talking more prophecy and fate than even the lightweight cults. Which, between you and me, is pretty ridiculous. I want you to listen, hold the speeches, put away all your grand ideals and philosophies, because I'm going to save us both sometime by getting directly to the point. I want Johnny. You're going to give her to me, or I'm going to bring your world down around you. Either way, it gets me the results I'm going for. I hear you're like a father to her. Revek simply stared at her in mute response. It was strange. There was no face to the android skull. No expression to explain how that single light emanating from its eye socket could possibly convey the overpowering sense of pity that he now regarded her with. She'd never admit that it was here, at this moment, that she would feel the first bit of remorse she'd ever experienced in her life. It wasn't the helplessness of her target, for she'd killed the helpless many times before this. It wasn't the injustice of it, nor was it the history she'd strike down. There was just a wrongness in this that threatened her resolve, and as it sunk in, the sadness she'd been afflicted with began to change into anger. Last chance, old man. With lights upon darkened sky we live for years, built high towers to the drone of man's dream, that he might sit upon God's throne, to take his place at last and claim a new design. 
In so doing, in that moment of destiny, I wept tears that could not fall. As he shed his skin and reached for that highest of seats, he would forfeit that which I'd loved most about him. This act will change you. Listen for the moments between the machine. Let the waves be a cradle to fire. The blade spun in her practiced hands before arching down into Revik's skull. It didn't stop there. Passing cleanly through his patchwork torso, it sliced free the weathered moorings of his left arm. The unexpected dismemberment would leave her with no choice but to release hold of the blade as the bulk of his body swung heavily onto the remaining arm, still ensnared by a rat's nest of cabling. With a hesitant step towards the now still husk, she slowly retracted her blade before resheathing it. Derby didn't take her eyes off him, watching Revik's broken body as the light behind the android's eye finally faded away before blinking out entirely. It was done. Only still and silent halls would guide her out as she forced the once accommodating door to yield to her sudden and overpowering need to leave this place and the body of Arcadia's prophet behind. He went through a company as himself. But now, he's one of the multitudinous company of the dead. Where are no individuals? <gasps> oh no! Fuck no! Rick! Hold on, hold on! Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck! No, no, no. This isn't happening. Hold on. Thank Johnny. Act fast. I've just got a bright open the Satan's panel and... Oh, it's right there. Attached to the stem. Oh, we just damaged, of course. Sliced in half, but they missed the core itself. Steady hands. Stay. All right. Got it, you bastard. Flipping the data call into the palm of her hand, she slammed the panel closed before charging to the other side of the room and pulling various cables from an overcrowded interface point in the wall. Running on barely harnessed, directed panic, she swept up a broken old drone she'd been repairing while the rest of the table's contents clattered to the ground. Opening the machine up, she tossed its data core away with hardly a thought as she replaced it with the one she'd pulled from Revik's body. Connecting the cables she pulled from the wall to the drone, she climbed up on the table and wired it into a hollow projector. My dear child. Oh, thank fuck. Oh, I thought I lost you there. Who did this? What the hell even happened? I'll swear to you, I'll gut them. It is as it must have been. Do not bother to check for a recording as there isn't one. I ensured it. What transpired is what was meant to be, and was for me alone. You're not making any sense. This isn't the time for double talk, Revik. Who did this? Fate, acting through the hands of Derby Bell. Do not seek retribution. Do not slap at the hands of destiny. Nonsense! What is this? Derby Bell did it, you see. Tot, get at me! She'll have more than she bargained for, I'll tell you that much for free! So it appears you must defy even my fine wish. Ever headstrong. Go then. What is meant to happen 
will happen. Fine, wish my ass you hack it old bot. Just hang in there for a while. Now that you're stable, you've got a few days of power here. I'm gonna sort this job out. I'm... I'll come back for you, Revik. If I had known then what I do now, I'd have said something. Better. More worthy. I'd have thanked you. Told you that I loved you. <laughs> Maybe. That you were a father to me. I hope you knew it. You stubborn old heap. You shouldn't have done it. I would have been back in time. We could have had all those things. Could have been a better family for each other. But I was determined. I charged out that door seeing red and cursing the high hills, dialing Evan and Ella on my holocom as I went. Now, all that's left is the final verse of this poem. The beneficent lights dim, but don't vanish. The razory edge is dull, but still cut. He's gone, but you can see his tracks still. In the snow of the world. Cybernautica Breakwall is produced by Red Fathom Entertainment. This episode featured the voice talents of Abigail Turner as Johnny, Forenza as Derby Bell, Travis Story as Evan, Madeline Darrow as Ella, narration by Dan Bowd, and script editing courtesy of Jupiter Sanders. Cybernautica is written, designed, and edited by Damian Sidlow. Our show is 100% fan-supported, no sponsors or ads, so if you like what you've heard here, please consider stopping by cybernauticapod.com to find out how you can back the show, as well as the cool stuff that you can get for getting behind us. A special thank you to Girl in Space's Sarah Ray Werner and her Podcast Now Masterclass for helping light the fire that turned into this story. Thank you for joining us this episode, and welcome to Neo-Atlantis. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Oh, hey, friends, it's me, your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. You don't know me, but I'm going to introduce you to Dungeons and Dragons, where I play D&D with my friends, and, th- and they're going to become your friends because you're going to love us so much. I mean, maybe, maybe you won't love us, but we'll love you. Let me give you a taste of the show in 42 seconds. Let's go. You must have a, f- and a flask. He's anything. got a satchel. That's the most disappointed <laughs> way I've ever heard anyone say the word satchel. Cost. How much is a donkey cost? Russ, how much is a donkey cost? How much is the a question donkey everyone cost? wants to know. For one hour. It's concentration, so if you do another concentration spell. It's abjuration, you doink. It's concentration. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like exactly the sort of person you should probably tell your friends about. The kind that are there and say, like, weird, mysterious things and then just disappear? Yeah, that's why I'm telling oh, you. Okay. Also, he had three eyes. Oh!
We're having this rager. I mean, Lich Astley and the Magic Magic Missiles is going to be playing later tonight. Is he ever going to give you up? <laughs> never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Orcus is going to rule all and he won't desert you. What else do I need to tell you? We're Dungeons and Dragons. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or at dumbdragons.com. We can't wait to adventure with you.